Welcome to episode 14, the A-side of Do You Follow Podcast, where we talk about your social media marketing questions and answer them. We're 14 years old, which means <laughs> our bat mitzvah has passed us and we can yeah. do, start taking driver's ed? No, not Well, maybe in some states. Okay. I don't know. Anyways. We're giving our podcast episodes ages. Um, Whatever. 14 is not that impactful, but... But we have a guest star. We have a guest star today. <laughs> to make up for it. Um, we are answering a question that came in from someone who asked a very specific question about a brand we talked about a few episodes ago. So today we're going to discuss how to launch an affiliate and influencer marketing program for a brand before it even launches. And we have a really special guest, the person who actually did this in practice recently. So we're going to talk to her about the steps she took to get there. So make sure you listen all the way through because this is a really good app. Okay, before we get into the question in the A side today, Rach... Let's hear a word from our sponsor. I'm so excited about this sponsor for a couple of reasons. One, May, who's the founder mm-hmm. of Obviously, is one of the smartest people I've met. She's and I, the coolest. She's the coolest. And I know a lot of really smart people. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I tell you that she's one of the smartest, <laughs> you should believe me. So Obviously um, is a influencer platform. Mm-hmm. And the website is obvious.ly. Right. I recommend them to everyone. Literally, Mm -hmm. if you know me at all and you're listening to this podcast, I've probably already introduced you to May. Mm -hmm. They built a proprietary technology that is super sophisticated in the way it uses data to find the right influencers for your brand. But they're also just smart, savvy marketers. So they've really mastered like the art and the science piece. And I think sometimes you'll find an influencer agency who has like relationships with big influencers and just like by their own mental database can find you the right people. Or Mm -hmm. you'll use platforms that just like has scale and they have like thousands of kind of like crummy little like nobodies and obviously is like perfectly in the middle Mm -hmm. um and just to sort of demonstrate how smart they are the offer that she gave us to give to you is so smart Mm -hmm. so if you email obviously and you put the word follow in the subject line Mm -hmm. say you came from us she'll give you a 30 minute free consultation there is absolutely no reason at all if you are listening to this and you are a marketer that you should not email obviously and get the free consultation totally like why would you not mm-hmm. uh, I've met with her about love stories TV um, she's they are just smarter than everyone else I literally recommend mm-hmm. them to everyone and what I like about obviously is not just as a brand I've met with her to like discuss love stories TV and she had like all these great ideas and was totally spot on mm-hmm. but on the flip side I am a member of obviously as an influencer yeah and I love their interface mm-hmm. it's so um easy to use not spammy at all the opportunities they send me are totally right on mm-hmm. like I've just logged into the platform to talk about it and like both of them like are totally fitting for me mm-hmm. and all the opportunities they've ever sent me I've actually wanted to do because the incentive was really good. Yeah. So I just feel like May and her team are really savvy about data, really savvy about incentives. Um, 
and really... I think they get both sides yeah, of the coin, too. Exactly. So they get, like, where the brand is coming from, yeah. but they also deeply understand, like, the influencer side of things, which makes for, like, a perfect marriage. <laughs> 100% marriage. And we didn't even plan it this way, but in this episode... We bring on Alyssa, our friend mm-hmm. Alyssa, who launched the influencer activation for Buffy that mm-hmm. we've, like, talked about a lot. So it kind of couldn't be more perfect. So, like, if you're listening to us um, interview Alyssa and you want to do something like that, yeah. you should email May uh, yeah. and get this free consultation. So If you go to obvious.ly and click the button that says Get in Touch... You can just fill out your name and email and use um, in the subject line follow and um, you'll get your free 30-minute influencer strategy session. Right. So, yeah, it's a no-brainer. Obvious.ly. Scroll to the bottom of the page. Click get in touch. Mm -hmm. And then in the leave us a comment, say you heard about them through us and you'll get free 30 minutes. Yeah. And you should no just brainer. do it because May is awesome and really smart and can help you with your influencer strategy. And I'm going to go now um, say yes to the opportunities that they Ooh. sent me in the platform. Isn't this a good one? I love this. I know. All right. Uh, all right. Thanks, obviously. Obviously. Okay, so our first question came via email. And if you're out there listening, you can send us your social media questions at doyoufollowpodcast at gmail.com. So this one came from a travel accessories brand. Um, they said they love the new A&B format, which is great. We're getting lots of great feedback on that. Um, okay, so this person said, on the recent influencer episode, you mentioned how Buffy was able to reward you based on how many purchases you drove via unique coupon codes. Do you know which platform they used to track this, or was it manual? Most affiliate programs use a unique link to track, which doesn't really make sense for Instagram, so trying to find something better. And luckily, today we have a very special guest, the person who actually set up the Buffy affiliate and influencer program, Alyssa! Hi, guys. Hello. We talk about her literally every episode. <laughs> um, so we thought instead of just answering this on behalf of Alyssa, why not just bring her into the to the pod? Thanks so, so much, she guys. Is. Y'all, I'm trying to contain myself and act really A-side appropriate. And Alyssa's really smart, so it's good. She's on the A-side, but she's also really fun. Yeah. So there's all kinds of, like, B-side commentary that I'm um, Suppressing. itching, yeah, itching <laughs> to do, but I'm keeping it in. Yeah, um, but we'll wait for the B-side. Right. We. I feel like there's a couple people we mention every episode without fail. Mm-hmm. Julia Casella, <laughs> Alyssa. So we thought we'd bring her in to answer this question. And I was saying before we started, like, I think it would be really interesting even for me to hear you start, like, from the very beginning. Like, mm-hmm. when yeah. Buffy hired you, what was the problem they posed to you that led you to solve it in this way? And then, you know, teach mm-hmm. us how you did it. Yeah, absolutely. So, I started with Buffy back in the fall. And, and um, for our listeners, what oh, is yeah. Buffy? Yeah. Oh, Give yeah. Let me tell you. Pitch. So, Buffy is the world's most comfortable comforter. You know, a duvet. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's built like a cloud. It feels like a cloud. And it's completely animal-friendly, eucalyptus uh, minerals. It's pretty amazing. I know Juliet and Rachel have their own, and they can attest. I needed the eucalyptus comforter. It's super. Everyone does. It's (laughs) real. My favorite part about it, I'm sure the eucalyptus is great and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. 
this is why I'm sort of like an irritating spokesperson. Although I'm your second <laughs> or third best salesperson. Oh yeah, now. you are high on okay, the list. Okay, so I'm gonna say whatever I want because I sold a lot yeah. of comforters. It's really, really, really soft. So mm-hmm. I don't have a duvet comforter over it because the material on this um, comforter is so soft that you don't need a duvet cover, but you can put it in the washing machine. Absolutely. So like yeah. all fancy schmancy stuff aside, like I just find it so snuggly. Yeah. And I love to have, like, one less thing to wash. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm obsessed with it. I think my code is expired, so this is very genuine. I'm not even <laughs> trying to get Amazon gift cards right now. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so it is the most amazing comforter. Um, and so Buffy bought me in to really work on their social strategy for launch in December, as well as influencer marketing. So totally brand new. They really need to build brand awareness and kind of cool points in the social arena uh, to get out there. So the first thing I did was really list building. So when you're building a list of people you want to outreach to as advocates, you should really keep the value add of the product in mind. So as I mentioned, it's completely animal friendly. You save 12 geese from being live plucked every time you buy a Buffy and you save, yeah, you save thousands and thousands. (laughs) That was well-timed, ladies. I've never even thought about geese before. Yeah. Well, think about them every time you get in bed. (laughs) Um, And there you save thousands of gallons of water as well in the way that these comforters are produced opposed to the tip typical down comforters. So really thinking about the value prop of your item and what your what your product how your product's unique in the market and then think about what type of advocates would be best for that. So for instance, someone who's big in the vegan community could talk passionately about an animal Sorry. friendly comforter yeah, opposed to just any other kind of mom blogger or fashion blogger. I mean, lifestyle bloggers are absolutely great as well and they still can be passionate about a product, but it's helpful to have a kind of predetermined um, passion that someone already is talking about on their social feeds so, so it makes a lot like of sense different types of t- target advocates yes. that you were going for who were like yeah. speaking to that animal friendly piece but also the like cool factor yeah absolutely mm-hmm. so it was broken down we did have like the green and the vegan um, types as well as mom blogs because those are the people who are really kind of decorating their homes a lot um, and then the millennial woman who is probably upgrading her home for the first time as well um, and also decor so there's in home goods there's a big opportunity to work with kind of trade people, so interior designers. So we were also looking at that community mm-hmm. as well. And so even to back up one step, so mm-hmm. Buffy's goals were get the word out because mm-hmm. it was a brand new product, right? So yeah. when Alyssa started there, you couldn't even buy Buffy yet. Right. So I think that's like an important distinction is sometimes you do an influencer campaign like Third Love, right now, I don't know who's running influencer marketing Third Love. You're doing a great mm-hmm. job, but they've been around for several years and they are like blasting the market mm-hmm. right yeah. now. But this is not that. Alyssa's yeah. job was, okay, so one, like educate, because yeah. it's brand new, mm-hmm. drive awareness, and did they say sales? Were they very explicit, like sales, or were they more just talking about awareness? I think um, that's important too. Yeah, to so it's hard to make conversion a main goal when the product is a higher price point as well. The sure. Buffy comforters start at 120 and go up to 190 So that is a harder social impulse buy, where something like a lip gloss, a nail polish, a, a low-priced clothing item can yeah. be more of an impulse buy through an Instagram post. Um, so we definitely knew we had to educate our advocates and make it a, more of a long-term uh, program so that they can continue to talk about the product as they mm-hmm. interact with it more and kind of get those impressions on the same people who are following them over and over mm-hmm. so they understand how the Buffy comforter kind of fits into their lifestyle. So they hired you and they said, okay, Alyssa, we're hiring you with the goals of education awareness are like um, KPIs one and two and mm-hmm. sales are gravy. 
Is, yeah. is that like so, pretty accurate? Um, yeah, it's there. And also I spoke to them about the budget, what budget we were going to put into it, and then mm-hmm. what I thought the conversion could look like. So starting with a really kind of a conservative budget so that you can see how people start to react to the product and then change your goals and your benchmarks as you see how conversion happens. So we provided... Um, and budget in this case mm-hmm. is seeding a were did you pay influencers there were there were the product is the budget product is typically the budget the Mm -hmm. product was always built into the budget here um but there were a few paid advertisements as well um for certain people who are a little larger who or who we felt really fit into the target advocate that we wanted Mm -hmm. okay so Mm -hmm. they bring in Alyssa. they say we want to educate drive awareness Alyssa's really thoughtful about like who are the right people. Mm-hmm. So okay, so step one is you build a list. Yeah. And then what's step two? Step two is really putting the plan in place. So when you outreach, you have everything set up for these influ- or these influencers and advocates to act on. So when we started to outreach to people, we let them know the social promotion that we were requesting from them. So they understood saying yes that we would expect X amount of posts mm-hmm. from them on these channels, and then also what the incentive was for them. So the incentive Incentive was very important to us because having this referral that ended in a reward for the advocate really helped uh, push them over the edge to say yes, especially because we were a brand without any cool points uh, because we didn't exist yet. So really all we had at the time was a landing page with like beautiful editorial imagery and a little information about the product. So it's much more difficult to get people to sign on when you don't have a full experience live. So really, Can I interrupt? Yeah. Because I think that's really important. So it's mm-hmm. like, right, if Chanel reaches out to you today oh, yeah. and it's like, post about me in exchange for a purse, you're like, yeah. done. Yeah, yeah Chanel so hit us up. <laughs> yeah, Chanel back. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Alyssa's saying is like, when she reached out to people and was like, do this in exchange for a comforter, they don't know if it's a good comforter exactly. yet. They've, yeah. they've never seen a friend with it. They've never seen it. So yeah. that's like, I think, really interesting. And I guess my second question, and you'll get there, is mm-hmm. when you go back to talking about budget, some people you played flat on the top. You're a big mm-hmm. influencer. I'm going to pay you to do this. But like Juliet and I, like, I'm using finger quotes so you can't yeah. say, like, <laughs> got paid through those Amazon gift cards. So that was also part of your budget, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, the referral reward was also part of the budget. And now that we've gone through our first wave of seeding, we can understand approximately how many rewards are given out. So that also becomes part of the budget for, and the benchmarks for, as we move forward for seeding. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically, and as you said, like, because we were a new brand, you did have to educate up front as well. So Mm -hmm. when, so I used to work at Rent the Runway. So that's a brand that was well known in the space. So when I was speaking to and reaching out to people for Rent the Runway, they knew what the brand was. They understood they can go to rentthrunway.com, look at all the beautiful product and see that it's a brand that they were willing to work with. And it's um, close. I mean, Birch Fox was the same. Oh, it's, yeah. not, it's products you know. It's not just Run the Runway, but it's yeah. like a Vince jacket. And you yeah. know yeah. Vince mm-hmm. even before you knew Run the Runway. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So like a Badgley Mishka gown, people right. understand what that is and the yeah. value of it versus right. brand new animal-friendly comforter is a totally different ballgame. Yeah. Um, so it also included uh, a lot of education up front in the outreach. And also, if I mean, this happened a little later as we started to launch and get press, but also including context from press or other type of reviews are really helpful. Um, Just like any customer, when you're sending it to an advocate, you want them to understand the full context of the product. And it, like, validates, like, what you're trying to do. It sort of has this extra layer of, like, this person is talking about us in this way. Mm -hmm. And Alyssa did this. Juliet and I joke about it all the time (laughs) because when we first became friends with Alyssa... 
we did a Rent the Runway social takeover. And Alyssa sent us... Summer the, Fridays. Summer right? fr- RTR Summer Friday. <laughs> Alyssa sent us the most beautiful deck with like all the talking points. And it made it super, super easy, mm-hmm. especially people for like Juliet and I, because mm-hmm. we are busy and running around. And like 10 minutes before we met with Alyssa, we like read the deck. Yeah. And so it was the same thing with Buffy. Like when Alyssa messaged, I can only speak for myself, me and was like, do you want to do this thing Buffy? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah didn't really read anything very carefully and then the thing came in the mail and I was able to like open the deck Alyssa had yeah. sent me and everything was in there and it yeah. makes your life so much totally. easier and then you do a better job yeah mm-hmm. yeah so those kinds of I call them advocate toolkits we send out with seating so not only does it remind people of the scope of work we've decided on how many posts they're going to do and what they're receiving from the Buffy team but also the kind of content we'd love to see so sometimes we'll add content they've already posted that we really liked for inspiration mm-hmm. um, as well as kind of do's and don'ts for the, for instance a special item to remember for Buffy is that we wanted people to take photos of it outside of their duvet covers. Um, A lot of people use it without a duvet cover, but we just wanted to make sure that the um, product benefits and the type of product, because sometimes it does look like any other duvet, so we really wanted to show off, you know, there's triangle stitching, there's blue around the edges, and Mm -hmm. really showing how fluffy and cloud-like it is. It does feel like a cloud. Yeah, and it's just all white, and you know, the Instagram, like, natural light, white bedding, it totally Crush and you it. had this great thing in your deck where you were like an influencer photo versus like a brand photo, mm-hmm. which I thought was really helpful because I think sometimes people can be intimidated, even bloggers and influencers, mm-hmm. like it's stressful to feel that you have to take a certain type of photo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I liked that Alyssa sort of pointed that out. Like you're an influencer. The reason we're working with you is because you are a real person. Right? Yeah. And like. And for your unique, like, style and perspective. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And also showing the editorial in that context is helpful to really further show kind of the ethos of the brand. Again, we were a new brand. You couldn't really tell much about us. There wasn't a lot to go on. So showing our editorial really showed how fun and playful and nostalgic and really kind of the whole vibe of the brand so that people can kind of play off that but in their own unique way. Can we go back one step because I know people are going to want to know this question. Mm -hmm. Can you say a couple things around, like, how many people you sent it to? Yeah. How many of those people were considered, like, top tier and got a flat fee on top? Mm-hmm. And, like, um, sort of how you determined those rates? Yeah. Um, because I think something people ask us a lot is, like, this many followers, how much flat rate does that equal? And, like, mm-hmm. there's so much more that goes into it. Like, Absolutely. Like, how many followers do they have? But, like, how good of a fit are they? Be as the marketer, you watch their stories all the time. Like, do you believe they're going to do a really good job and be authentic? Yeah. Like, what's their engagement rate like? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There's so much more that goes into it than just, like, how many followers they have. And I yeah. think that's something yeah. people struggle with is, like, how to decide how much to pay a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so engagement rate's super important. I usually, I look at the following, but then how many people are actually engaging and commenting and really part of their world. Um, and we used to do that at Birchbox yeah. literally manually. Oh, we yeah. take their last, Top. like, 20 posts. Us too, yeah. yeah. How many followers do they have? How many people liked and commented and make a ratio? And mm-hmm. you, like, it's just... And that was, like, before people were actually looking at engagement rate. Yeah, like, so you we can just do it manually, and you can compare a few people that way. Mm-hmm. Like, just put it in spreadsheet yeah yeah absolutely so I would do by engagement rate but also there is that kind of x factor of who is most relevant to your brand so someone who's for Buffy someone who is a fashion influencer and really great and has good engagement but is asking for a lot and also 
I'll get more out of kind of a mom blog who yeah. is going to talk about the comforter and how great it is to clean for her kids yeah. and really talk about the value prop. Yeah. That's much more useful to me yeah. than um, a fashion blogger who also might be posting about different brands every other day. Yeah. So that's also kind of like the... Um, how many brands they're talking about is also important to me. Mm-hmm. And to your point, how yeah. you can leverage the content. So like right now mm-hmm. in Love Stories, we like Pure Wow wrote this great article about us. They called yeah. us the Netflix for wedding videos. What? But now we can post that on our Facebook with Absolutely. Kate's Facebook and it's doing really well. So yeah. Alyssa's point about like um, an influencer who's also a really good writer and who can tell a story, mm-hmm. she can leverage that piece of content with yeah. her own paid budget yeah. to drive traffic. So that's Absolutely. I think another input. We had uh, one blogger, Jordan uh, of Ramshackle Glam, at Ramshackle Glam. Uh, She was great. She wrote this amazing blog post about Buffy for us. And that was also great in using the content across channels. So we used a quote from her blog and a Facebook post. And it's our highest organic Facebook post right now. Her quote is also on site for reviews. So it's really great to request content access at the beginning so that you can utilize everything that you're getting from these girls or boys too, um, and use them across your marketing channels. That's also something that we put in the upfront. We ask them one, we tell them what the scope we want out of them is Two, the incentive that they're getting from it. And then three, that we have kind of usage rights to what they're creating Mm -hmm. with our product. And this is kind of an aside, but Mm -hmm. those types of things I think are really important. And sometimes, like, legal is involved and sometimes mm-hmm. not. Like, do you did you do that over email? Did you have something that they formally signed? Yeah, so especially everything paid was through a contract that we've had reviewed and signed on both sides, and there's dates and everything is in black and white, so you can kind of go back on people and make sure they're doing what mm-hmm. they said. And then um, the people who aren't paid, we do have, like, an informal scope of work that looks similar to the contract that is still agreed upon so that both parties are very clear on what's of them. Mm-hmm. And I think another point about that content is if someone writes a blog post about you and then you post that blog post to your Facebook page, you can paid promote that. But if they also put the blog post on their Facebook page, mm-hmm. sometimes that's going to do even better because it's their followers. So something I always encourage people to do is um, offer to pay that influencer cover the costs of them paid promoting it on their own Facebook. Mm -hmm. And so you might go to them and say, hey, will you paid promote it with this specific audience for this daily budget? I'll reimburse you for that budget, and then I'll give you, like, a flat fee for having done it. Mm -hmm. Um, That's, like, always something you should you know, see if you can get people to do. Yeah, especially with the change in Facebook algorithms, it makes so much more sense to have the person, the creator, pushing Mm -hmm. it forward to their followers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure. Okay, so I know there were a couple of tools that you used mm-hmm. to track the performance of this. So step three is kind of like after you did the outreach mm-hmm. and sent the product and saw the post come through, what happens then? Yeah, so with the affiliate program, there's two ways to do it and it really depends on the budget that you have. So if you have no budget, you can still use things like Shopify um, if that's what your site is on. Uh, You can use that to create codes on the cheap um, and really create custom codes for each person so you could track their conversion. Mm -hmm. Um, But the problem with that is that there is no um, automatic return, no reward going through Shopify to the person once they get um, 
the referral. So through a system like FriendBuy or Talkable, which you pay for, it's really easy and you can test and change your referral program and the referrer or the advocate gets rewarded every time there's a successful referral. Can I say one thing? So yeah. this might be like duh to everyone on the podcast, but let's back up like one step. So mm-hmm. affiliate marketing is when a brand gives a commission to someone else for selling their product. Mm-hmm. And there's like many ways you can do this. So um, brands can use platforms like Rakuten, which mm-hmm. um, if you sign up through Rakuten as a brand, you have to get accepted, you have a representative, they'll manage all of this for you, and then you can give those codes to bloggers, Instagrammers, but also websites like Retail Me Not and like mm-hmm. coupon sites. So basically like if you, when we would do this at Birchbox, you know, our affiliate program worked with, right, everyone from Retail Me Not to like bloggers and Instagrammers, they had um, unique codes. It's not always an offer code. It's a unique URL. They would Mm -hmm. put on their site when someone clicked that and then bought something from Birchbox, they automatically got a commission and you Mm -hmm. can give different people different commissions. Mm -hmm. That's like the most sophisticated way. And so what Alyssa's saying is like, Something like Shopify will allow you to create those unique URLs so you can track how much people are driving for you, mm-hmm. but Shopify on its own won't like pay them a commission. Yeah. And so if you're a small startup and like you don't have an affiliate marketing manager or you don't have enough like um, historical uh, like marketing behavior for someone like Rakuten to like accept you, like that's why we thought what Alyssa mm-hmm. um, and Buffy did with Amazon was like so genius. Mm-hmm. And Amazon also just like to all y'all out there running a blog has like the easiest affiliate program to join. Um, It's like almost anyone can sign up and you can buy almost anything on Amazon. So like Mm -hmm. if you're a beauty blogger and you write blog posts about your favorite lipstick and you use the Amazon affiliate program and someone clicks that link and then like buys a vacuum, like you still get the commission. So it's like really good. But um, anyway, we thought the way you guys did it with Amazon gift cards was mm-hmm. so smart. So I just wanted to, yeah. to give that side explainer. Yeah, and we had set that up through um, our program on FriendBuy. So we had them so set say up. what FriendBuy is. FriendBuy is a referral program that you can do with your f- referrals everywhere. So on site, um, through email, yeah, wherever you want to. A lot of like direct to consumer. Yeah, Away yeah. uses it. Yeah, Glossier uses it. Yeah, you could use it right to power to earn points. Like it, um, like at Birchbox, they would use friend by to earn Birchbox points or you could do it to earn cash or whatever. Yeah. So the reward that we chose as the incentive for the referral was this um, gift card. So all of the influencer referrals in this first wave was getting, we're getting um, a $20 reward for each uh, purchase of a Buffy that went through and those were rewarded automatically through friend buy. So that really helps with the manual checking of codes, et cetera, that you would have to do on Shopify. But if you don't have the budget, you can still do it. It's just a little clunkier. So Buffy's website mm-hmm. that it uses to sell comforters mm-hmm. is Shopify. Mm-hmm. They set up these unique URLs on Shopify and then hooked Shopify up to friend buy yeah. to, um, like do the compensation. Yes. And, um, my, when I was doing this for Buffy, um, I had a code called like Rachel S 20. So I told all my followers, go buy a Buffy comforter, use code Rachel S 20. They got, what did they get? $20. They got $20 off off and you got, they got $20 off and I earned $20 from Amazon. Mm -hmm. Um, so the output for Buffy would have been forty dollars mm-hmm. per comforter, but they're selling the comforters yeah. for one twenty. So again, it's really easy, as Alyssa said, to like model it out. Like in the beginning, like what are some different scenarios if we sell 
a thousand comforters if we sell a hundred comforters model that out and then use that to like do your budgeting you know for the next year and something really important that rachel mentioned was the type of code she had so it was rachel s20 it's really good to put the name of the influencer in the code just for people's recall so they don't have to go back and find the instagram Mm -hmm. post again if they don't save it or screenshot they can remember oh it was twenty dollars off it was from rachel rachel s20 and people didn't need to click so you can do affiliate or friend by through like unique URLs yeah. that you can then hyperlink. So it could have been like, you could do it with like a crazy URL and then like you can hyperlink it in text or a code, mm-hmm. which going back to, I think the original question someone asked in about Instagram. Yeah. So like, mm-hmm. yes, Instagram stories has swipe up and yes, everyone uses the link in their bio, but it's also when you have a nice, simple code like that, mm-hmm. people don't shop. Everywhere. Yeah. The thing that people forget and this is what sometimes makes marketing attribution, I think, difficult is yeah. people don't shop in that moment. No. You're like sitting on the train, you're watching your Instagram stories, mm-hmm. Rachel's talking about comforters, you think that's really interesting, you save it in Instagram, everyone uses save. Then yeah. like later you're like in your bed, like screwing around, you're like, yeah, maybe I'm gonna buy that comforter or like check out that comforter. Oh, I remember that Rachel had a code, mm-hmm. it was in the copy of her Instagram. Like just make it, eat. think about how do you shop as a human yeah. being. Yeah. And also something else I did was I f- when I followed up with the custom code for everyone I also gave them the direct link to the product page so that when people because people are also DMing them and if they didn't put the code exactly in the post it makes it very easy for the advocate to copy and paste that URL or just say yeah check out Buffy.co and use code RachelS20 Mm -hmm. so make it as easy as possible for them as well and something else to think about with codes is that when you're providing them to each person make sure you add the details of the code when it expires how much it is what it's okay on, what exclusions. Yeah. Because that's something that you'll get a lot of back and forth on people asking because these fans will reach out to the advocate themselves and say, when does this expire? Or it's not working on this, that, or the other thing. So definitely make sure that you provide the advocate with um, kind of a line right to you or your help, like the help uh, customer service within your company so that it can be as smooth as possible. Yeah. Another thing that makes it, Alyssa made it really easy is she was like, to her point, it's like people DM you questions about the comforter. And Alyssa said to her advocates or influencers, like, just text me, like, if you have any questions. Like, this is something so important, I think, to remember. And we always talk about it when we talk about, like, Revolve. Like, Mm -hmm. doing PR or doing influencer marketing, it's like... Um, about relationships like people want to work with Buffy because they like Alyssa and Alyssa makes it easy for them (laughs) and she'll text them the answers like the comforter being nice is like only a really small part of it like it's all about relationships that's how you know you're successful you have to build those relationships over time yeah Um, and that's like you know the most important piece Mm -hmm. and really having a value add for the advocates as well outside of just getting this reward especially if you can't provide a reward if you can only have them provide a discount to their followers, but giving them some other value add that might not be monetary. So making sure they have a direct line to the Buffy team or the Rent the Runway team. We did this all the time. We had either me or a concierge on our CX team that was helping each advocate that we had working with us um, whenever they wanted. So if their order was missing or anything else, they had someone they could go to directly instead of the headache of going through typical customer service, waiting, et cetera. Um, And anything else, I always ask the advocates for feedback on the product and really making sure that they're heard is always super helpful. Another thing you can do is like, let's say that the Buffy team have been like, okay, we're budgeting this out and like we can't afford to pay people $20 per comforter, mm-hmm. but we can give them a discount code to give to their followers. Followers, their followers will like that and like mm-hmm. makes them happy. Another thing that you can do 
is give people an extra one to give away. Yes. So, like, when you think about yeah, Instagram giveaways, like, there's two ways. Instagram giveaways, the point of them is you can gain followers because you can say you have to follow us to enter. Mm-hmm. The best case scenario is when you have two brands saying it about each other. Yeah. But even as your own brand, if you have a really good prize, like, we'll do this with Love Stories TV sometimes, like, enter for a chance to win a beauty blender. Mm-hmm. And just because people want the beauty blender so bad, like, they tag their friends, we end up mm-hmm. getting followers. So, like, giving advocates high-quality things that they can give away. If they have Instagram accounts of, like, 50,000, you know, once yeah. they're at 100,000, like, whatever. But, yeah. like, un- you know, I think that that's, also, like, another incentive. They're good carrots, too. Like, we did this a lot, <clears throat> excuse me, at Jemmy. So we, um, before I left, I implemented something similar to this where, <coughs> excuse me, <laughs> we were working with a ton of influencers on a rolling basis each month. Uh, but we had never tested codes. So we knew that we were getting a ton of um, influencers who were converting for us, but we didn't really have a clear way to attribute that. Um, so we started giving all of the influencers we were working with, like 50 plus, um, a unique code that was for $50 off for their first pair of shoe, um, their first pair of shoes. And we did this with a couple people we worked with and then like the second month went back to them and gave them another pair of free shoes Mm -hmm. for them and for themselves to give away Mm -hmm. to their audience and I think it's just like having those additional touch points like other incentives to go back to them with um is a really good way to kind of keep that relationship going we did that with uh, Buffy too. We waited to see what uh, advocates in our group were really performing best and then reached out to them again to do a giveaway. So yeah. really the size of the following was all over the place. There's someone who I believe had under 15K who did really well for us. And then someone who was at uh, 33K, I believe, had amazing feedback on her Instagram stories and the posts she put up, like mm-hmm. tons and tons of comments and people asking about the product. And then there's someone who was at 300 plus K who was doing it because she just loved the product mm-hmm. um, and just kind of was chatting with me about feedback for it and how much she really enjoyed it and was so happy to be part of this program. So, so awesome. we, yeah, so we seeded product back to them for giveaways and we worked with them directly to tell them what to say and when to post. And it was crazy that the person with 30,000 followers got us a much higher return with new followers than the person who had over 300,000. We had a similar situation with M. Jemmy. Um, there was someone who was like, I think like 40,000 followers who converted like crazy yeah. for us yeah. compared to people who are like almost a million, mm-hmm. which I think just proves it's like about finding the right advocate for your brand. Think about, Mo- I always talk about Molly Chen in this way. I don't know how many Instagram followers Molly Chen has. She does not have a million Instagram followers. That newsletter she writes, Mm -hmm. every human being you talk to is like, I bought eight things off of Molly Chen's newsletter. I read the whole newsletter. I would bought like a $20 loaf of bread because of Molly. Yeah, (laughs) thank you. So I think that the very first point Alyssa made, which is like how good of a match are people, do they seem to have a lot of comments on their Instagrams? Mm -hmm. Like, you know... Yeah. And just how authentically they're talking about the yeah. brand. We had some people who posted it and how beautiful it looked on their bed and they were so excited at how fluffy it was. But there were other people who talked about how much their pets liked it and how excited they were to be have something else that was really green and valuable um, and sustainable in their home. So it's really about the authenticity and kind of engagement that they're receiving as well. And that's, I would always put my money on someone with a smaller following and high engagement yeah. Yeah. than million followers. Everyone knows their name because yeah, totally. it's just not going to get the same return. And so um, 
talk to us about, so all of this is over. So friend by um, tracked how many times the codes were used yeah. because it was hooked up to Shopify. Correct. Friend by fulfilled the Amazon gift cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when it was all said and done, and maybe it's not yet, like talk about the conversation with management at Buffy yeah. and sort of like how did you report back to them and how did you turn those reportings into insights to determine the marketing plan going forward? Yeah. So I did tracking on probably a day by day basis and a large spreadsheet that had everyone noted in it. And so because there's Instagram stories, there's also a lot of screenshotting happening. Mm -hmm. So we have one advocate deck that showed all the coverage, highlighting all of the Instagram posts and Instagram story mentions. Mm -hmm. So that you can see physically how people are promoting the product, which is also so helpful to show back to the team. And something I learned recently, y'all are going to laugh at me, is when someone would do something really good on their Instagram story, I would always ask them to send it to me. And I just learned that you can record your screen. Yeah. So you can record (laughs) Instagram. Yeah, Julia, tell me that. So you can actually, you actually don't even have to ask influencers to send Mm -hmm. you anything because you can record the Instagram story videos on your iPhone. I did a little, um, like, tutorial on my Instagram stories, and I put it on, I think I put it on my highlights, or if I can yeah. put it on there now, so you can learn if you don't know this. Ha. And yeah. something else I did, uh, it depends how, like, tight you are with the management, but I had a bunch of um, the team on an Instagram group. So when I was on the oh, Meet Buffy yeah. account, that's at Meet Buffy, M-E-E-T, <laughs> B-U-F-F-Y, please follow. Um, so I would send it to the management team every time something went live so they could see the great fan feedback we were getting kind of in real time and understand the people that we were working with and the return on investment that we were getting outside of just the numbers. So back to the numbers. Yes, I would track every post. Um, I would sum up the total potential impressions from those followers and those stories and the post mentioned. So again, it's potential impressions. It's very, very difficult to get the exact number of people who saw something. What does potential impressions mean? So potential impressions is the number of followers times the number of times they posted. So Mm -hmm. potentially if someone has 10,000 followers and they posted three times, it'd be 30,000 potential Mm -hmm. impressions. Mm -hmm. So that is a number that is very likely inflated, but you say it's potential and it's just understood that way because there's no way unless you request metrics from every single person to get that exact number. And I think, I mean, I think it's totally appropriate to request metrics from people you're paying a flat fee. Yes. Particularly, you guys, if you hired an influencer through an agent or an agency, Mm, they have to give you those metrics and you should talk about beforehand what metrics you want and Mm -hmm. give them like an example so they don't give you back some kind of like BS metrics. But right, if it's like someone you're paying a flat fee but they don't have like an agent or an agency, like you should talk to them up front. Like here's what we're gonna is what we're gonna expect of you. Cause they Mm -hmm. might just not like know how to do that or like whatever. So always ask up front. And if you're not paying a flat upfront fee, like it's kind of annoying to ask people. Um, unless you're, they're like yeah. your friends. That's what I would say. Totally. And going back to actually the question around the how much you want to pay someone outside of their engagement rate and kind of that relevancy factor is I would also look at what they asked and then take their potential impressions into mind. So what the cost per X potential impressions would be. So yeah, for every CPM yeah. like you would exactly. else. Exactly. Yeah. So that's also helpful when you're trying to sell in budget to management and say, this is actually a low CPM for the followers that this person has. Yeah, and, and it's a really underpriced. Influencers are mm-hmm. typically um, 
underpriced compared to other platforms. Like, mm-hmm. I've always found it to be, like, influencers are the cheapest. Facebook, I mean, it depends on your content, but mm-hmm. I think Facebook then, I always find Pinterest is more yeah. expensive. And then when you are just tracking it and trying to report back to management, just really look at the cost of the product, the cost of the people that you're working with, and then the return on the referrals and the rewards. So if you add the cost of the product versus the cost of what you're paying, plus the cost of the promotion that you're running, which in our case was 20 for 20, so $40, that is the total cost of that kind of marketing campaign. And of course, like, I'm not going to make you say this on air, but what you also are going to think about is like, how, like, what's the cogs on a Buffy comforter? So like how much, what is, if Buffy sells a comforter for full price, how much profit do they actually get? Mm -hmm. And then like, you know, back in from that. Yeah. And we look at these, uh, CPAs cost per acquisition Mm -hmm. right next to email, right next to Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you have to look at these influencers as their own marketing channel. Yeah, completely. Totally. Mm -hmm. So good. This was, this was really. Episode. I hope everyone. You can put your pencils down now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that felt such great. Good insights from the lady who launched Buffy. Essentially, that's me. <laughs> So, Alyssa, where can people find you? Oh, you can find me on Instagram at at ARBRO. And you can find Buffy on Instagram at meetbuffy, M-E-E-T, Buffy. Um, And there's a lot of fun stuff on there. And if you want to hire Alyssa for your own freelance (laughs) social media, content marketing, brain power... I got the brain power. Slide into into her DM. DM her. Please do. (laughs) I love it. All right, that's... Episode Thanks, 14 A-side. 14 A-side. Ooh, what's on the B-side? Well, you'll have to wait and listen. Yeah, you'll have to see. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.